Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 156 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. And today is an exciting day here at the shop, as today is August 26th, 2022. And that means it is the shop's one-year anniversary. I am so excited. I am beyond thrilled to finally make it to one year. Did I think I was going to do this? I hoped. I hoped. Running my own business my first time, there were obviously questions. And I I feel like I've done fairly well within a short time period of just one year. But there's still a long way to go. And I do need to be... I need to keep focused. I need to stay driven. And I need to keep my head you know, in the right place at the right time to keep pushing the shop and, you know, at the end of the day, this business forward, which will be my plans moving forward with the shop. And from day one last year, literally a year ago to this, to this day, to now, the shop has completely revolutionized. And it's, it's weird to kind of look back and be like, wow, I've been here a year. It's crazy. It's just... I do want to sit and talk about uh, just the one year, just for a few minutes. Then I'm going to dive into the Red Sox and how atrociously terrible they are. And then obviously I'm going to do another mock draft today just because it is still draft season in fantasy football. And we only got this week left. Maybe next week if people are still doing some drafts. But I do want to hone in and kind of do a different strategy for this mock draft here today. But I do want to talk about a few things, you know, related to the shop and, of course, the Red Sox as a whole. But the shop, though, it's 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 a blessing. It really is. I never thought I'd I never thought I'd make it to this point in life where I'd feel so happy, pleased and excited for what I have built, what I have accomplished. And obviously we all hope and dream to do something big with you know our lives, our families and, and, and such. But to go from being a sport management major to a psychology major, getting your, de- your master's degree in counseling to you know owning my own car, it's just very, very... Oh, it's very weird. It's very interesting. It's something again that I never saw coming. And 
I'm just, I'm just trying to find some words here, guys. That that's all. I'm just trying to find some words where it allows me to truly exp- uh, express myself in the right fashion. Because I know I'm not getting emotional, guys. I'm not. I'm not. I promise. Because I know I do know a lot of businesses they do fail, and that's just a fact. I think I when I was doing a, a gazillion tons of research, it's like. Eight out of ten businesses fail within the first two years. And I, I don't know what the numbers are after that, but that was just my number. Two years. Two years was my focus. Make it to two years. And we're halfway there. We're one year in. And I feel really, really, really good about myself in this shop. I really do. And I know it's not perfect. It never will be. But again, the community that I've been able to build... The people that I've been able to meet, the relationships that that have grown from the roots of the shop is something I have detrimentally believed in and wanted and got. I really have. And it's only the beginning, guys. This is only year one. Imagine, you know, what this kind of conversation is come year two, year three, year four. It's just like this. So much more room for growth here at the shop. And I do not want to take it for granted at all. I really do not want to. And I don't plan on it. I do not plan on taking it for granted at all. I'm very, very fortunate. I'm very thankful. And again, I'm still excited. I still have that burning passion to do better. I'm always changing things around here at the shop, trying to... You know, see how I could do this better, how I could do that better, etc. And I'm excited. I'm excited to keep at it, to keep moving forward and such, because I want to give you guys the best shop possible. And over the past year, I've really tried to hone in and do that. And if you guys came to the shop in when I first opened, you know, a year to this day, the shop has completely changed. It has catastrophically changed for the good. The cases were aligned different. Uh, I've had I have cubbies now. I didn't even have dollar bins before. I didn't have any supplies before. I have supplies. I got tons of dollar bins. I got quarter bins, fifty cent bins, dime bins. Uh, again, the supplies. I have a new arrivals case. I have tons of TCG stuff, which is something I didn't have before. And it's really, really changed the shop. I, I didn't sell any Pokemon before which is something that I currently do. So it, it's just refreshing. It really is refreshing to see where I went from when I first opened the shop, which I thought was in a great place when I first opened on day one to day 365 to see what has truly come from the shop in terms of, let's see, where, where am I trying to go with this? What has come from the shop in terms of just its revolutionary changing, changes. To go from A, which again, I thought was great to begin with, but to realize that it wasn't perfect and to make subtle changes here and there, to make subtle changes here and there and repeat the process to get to where I am today, knowing that I still want to make changes long term, knowing that I still want to keep making the shop better and better is something that really gets me excited 
because I don't want to keep the same shop for the next, you know, handful of years. I mean, I do it in essence. I want to keep making it better and better and better for you guys. And without your support over the past year, none of this would have been would have, would have been possible. I'm serious. None of this would have been possible. And I'm gonna make a YouTube video, a separate YouTube video about it later today. Uh, I will release it later today about just thanking you guys again. Uh, an incredible journey that the shop has been on, that I've been on. And again, you just kind of recap in the past year almost. So it's going to be an exciting video. I can't wait to, I haven't made that video yet, to be honest, which is something that I probably should have by now, but it's something that will hit a little bit more in the sweet spot in the middle of our chest, um, making at least my chest, making it today. So thank you guys for one year. Thank you guys for listening to Murph's Boston Sports Talk for the past, I don't even know how many, 21 months, 20 months, something like that. So, I mean, the podcast two-year is coming up soon. Holy smokes, can you picture that? The podcast two-year is coming up in like three, four months. Unbelievable. So, big things coming. Definitely stay tuned for more. Make sure you download, listen, and enjoy Murph's Boston Sports Talk for more. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like, comment, and subscribe for more because things are only going to get better. Things are only going to go up from here. And I'm really excited for it. I hope you guys are too. And I'm so happy that you guys are here for the journey. So again, thank you for one year. Thank you guys for everything. I feel like we're at such a, a wholesome, a heartwarming level of, you know, just discussion. And now I have to kind of talk about the Red Sox. Oh, man. these te- I don't want to talk about the Red Sox for long. I'm not going to. And I refuse to. But we have to talk about the Red Sox. We do. I was listening. I was driving in on the radio, and I was listening to the Red Sox. Uh, the you know radio guys were talking about the Red Sox, and I figured, hey, I want to talk about the Red Sox too today because I'm putting a pin in the Red Sox this year. I'm going to take a pin and put it in the conversation. I'm done. Done. I didn't talk about them last week because we just did the fantasy draft. I don't remember if I talked about them at episode 154 on August 12th or even 153 on on August 5th. I do not remember the last time I talked about the Red Sox, and quite frankly, I don't care. I don't want to talk about them. Not anymore. Not for the, the rest of this season. Unless they go on like a 30-game win streak, which is not going to happen, guys. We both know that that's not going to happen. The Red Sox are currently 60th. And 65, 125 games into the season, 60 and 65, five games below 500. They're fifth in the American League East. I don't care about the wild card because they have no shot at it anymore. They're 17 games back from the New York Yankees, who, by the way, have been slipping as of late. I know they've won a few games in a row. They just beat the A's. Uh, you know, they're kind of getting their bearings back. They were like two and nine and 11. Uh, they're five and five in the last 10 games now. The Rays have caught up to them. Well, seven and a half games at least. The Jays are eight games back. I mean, the freaking Orioles are 11 and a half games back behind the Yankees. Like at one time, you were 12 games back, and the Yankees were absolutely just feasting on everybody, and you were muddling in the middle. Tampa Bay Rays, eight and two in the last 10. The Toronto Blue Jays, oh, who, by the way, just swept you today, three uh, this, this week, three games to none. 7-3 in the last 10. The Orioles, who won in dramatic fashion last night against the White Sox, 
They're six and four in their last ten games. But you're four and six. You can't beat anybody in your division. The Blue Jays are what thirteen and three this year against you. Eight and zero at Fenway. The Rays, I believe, are like I I don't know what the exact number is, but like nine and one or something something ridiculous like that. But don't worry, guys. You won that one game series against the Baltimore Orioles. You made sure that that was noted in baseball reference or whatever. You made sure the league acknowledged the one game series win over the Baltimore Orioles. You made sure of it. This team is pathetic. And I yes, I am going on a rant because it is ranting time. If you already haven't noticed, the Red Sox are extremely polarizing if you haven't noticed it is highly disgraceful to say that the Red Sox are a good team because they're not it's just I gotta look up payrolls I'm gonna look up 2022 MLB pay this is not gonna be a good one this is not gonna be a good stat to look at guys I, I could promise you that all right Payrolls for the 2022 MLB season. The Los Angeles Dodgers, $264.6 million leads the league. The Mets at 261.8. The Yankees third, 252.5. The Phillies, 242.9. The Padres at 219.1. And then your beloved Boston Red Sox at $207.8 million. Ranks sixth in baseball. Yeah, I had a long pause for dramatics. It's just you rank eighth and you blow. I don't know how to sugarcoat it. First of all, you're fifth in your division. You're fifth in your division and you rank sixth in baseball and payroll. Where is the linear correlation there? The Yankees are first in the American League East. And they have, I'll have to refresh it, the third best payroll in baseball. Well, there's six divisions, three leagues. There's going to be six division leaders, and the Yankees are one of them. That makes sense. The Mets, they're second in baseball, but they lead their division. That makes sense. The Dodgers, they're number one. And they lead their division. That makes sense. Like, I mean, the Phillies, who are fourth, they're right behind the Mets, or at least relatively close. Um, the Padres, they're fighting for a spot. They're right there. They just made a big trade for Juan Soto. So, like, the White Sox are fighting for a spot, but they're at 196. The Astros at 180. Like, it's starting to, it tapers off big time. It really tapers off once you get outside the, like, after the Red Sox at 207, there's 196, 183, 181. Once it like really tapers down. And I'm just going to read you the payrolls on this team. I'm going to read you the payrolls on this team and how piss poor production we're getting from these players in correlation to the kind of production we're seeing on field. All right, so you have Alexander Bogarts. Oh, actually, first of all, I'll, I'll get into the, the injured list. I'll, I'll get into that. Alexander Bogarts, $20 million. J.D. Martinez, 
Devers 11.2, Matt Barnes 8.1, and you got Kike making eight. You got Michael Walker seven. Rich and now granted, you know, Kike it's been adjusted one million. Whatever, I don't care about the adjustment, just numbers. Verdugo 3.5, Strom three. Whatever it kind of tapers down, who cares? Chris Sale 30 million dollars in total salary. 20 million, uh, 20 million of it is, is the adjusted new salary. So he's only the Red Sox being only charged for 20 million. Uh, Trevor Story 20, Nathan Uvalde 17, Paxton 6. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Eric Hosmer, who is making 20 million dollars, but you're only paying him 246 thousand dollars. You're paying this dude less than it cost you to buy a house play first base for you because he's getting paid by uh san diego like you have a good uh veteran good defensive first baseman a all-star a world series winner all on your team for less than it costs you to buy a house then you have 2022 retained salaries aka dead money you still have dead money you have a lot of it. You have Jackie Bradley Jr., who you DFA'd, who you're paying $17.5 million for. David Price in the Mookie Betts trade, you're still paying $16 million for. Christian Vasquez, who you traded, you're still paying $4.5 million of his money. Uh, Jake Dykeman, you're paying $2.269. Hansel Robles, who you DFA'd, $1.1 million. Travis Shaw, again, less than what it cost to buy a house. Uh, Phillips Valdez, okay, Jonathan, okay, just doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. You just, these are pennies, guys. I don't care about pennies. Um, let's see, you still have Adam Ottavino, you're paying $3 million for. Uh, these are also 2022, these are deferred salaries. Salaries for players who had salaries deferred to the, to the current year. We are not counting these against the active payroll, but you're still paying them. Again, the Red Sox management is so nitpicky with what they have to pay so ticky tacky ticky tacky with what they have to pay hence why they are not giving extensions to the player like bogarts or a player like devers because they're paying three million to adam ottavino they're paying two million to manny ramirez still and they're paying two million to dustin Pedroia. it's just un-effing believable it really is you want me to break down all the numbers? Because, I mean, I still could. Yeah, I know you have Chris Sale on um, the IL. You have Trevor Story on the IL. Evaldi, who's been in and out of the IL. That's $30, 50 $67 million right there. And then, obviously, you know, you could talk about you trading Vasquez. You had to dump Jackie Bradley Jr. But why did you trade for him in the first place when Hunter Renfro is hitting damn near 40 home runs? And you lack a lot of power because, um, what's his name? Heim Bloom wanted to buy prospects off of Milwaukee, so he gave them a good player, got the prospects he wanted back, who, by the way, kind of suck, and you had to pay Jackie Bradley Jr. You could look at the uh, contract extensions of Chris Sale, the signing of Trevor Story, the extension of Evaldi, and point fingers and be like, these were bad signings. You absolutely could do that. Granted, Heim Bloom didn't re-sign Evaldi, and I don't think he was in-house when he signed Chris Sale. I could be wrong, but let's just let's just roll with it. It doesn't really matter. 
Uh, can we jump to 2023 and just see what we're looking like in 2023? Because a lot of the books are going to be cleared. A lot of the book will be cleared. The projected payroll, as of right now, if things stay the same, the way that they're at right now, you're paying your roster $102 million. Okay, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. He's still paying the $2 million to Manny Ramirez and Pedro uh, Dustin Pedroia, which is, I think, still funny. Um, Xander Bogarts, who has a player option. Uh, let's see. Chris Sale has a... Uh, he also has a player option, which we know he's going to opt into. Eric Hosmer has a player option, who... I don't know if he'll opt into that. I mean, it depends if he wants to be here or not. If he doesn't, that, that'd be you know, great for financial reasons. But, I mean, you're not paying him $13 million. You're paying him $720,000. Like, wow. Uh, you have a club option for James Paxson for $13 million. Do not bring him back. Not even pitching this year for you. No need to bring him back. There's a mutual option for Tommy Pham. I don't know. He's going to be 35 years old. I, I Does that make sense? I don't know. You just traded a, a bucket of baseballs for him. But do you have anybody else that you could put back there in the outfield? I honestly have no idea, to be honest with you. I really have no idea. Uh, and that's like that's literally it. You have Trevor Story, who's making 20. Matt Barnes, 8 point something. Whitlock, 1.2. So it's like there is numbers going against you. Um, let's see. The retained salary. And I already went over that. Um, all that dead money, the Bradley, the David Price, all that's coming off the books. All you need to focus on is Bogarts. Devers, let's just say you give them both $30 million. Let's just say, hypothetically say that. That's 30. That's 60. Now you're at 162. Let's just say you have another 60 or so million dollars to fill out the rest of your roster. Hypothetically. Verdugo's not going to... Verdugo will cost you around five. Taylor's going to cost you nothing. Schreiber Favetta, I don't want to see Reese McGuire next season. I'd rather see Connor Wong be the full-time catcher. Houck's not going to cost you anything. Duran arbitration. Austin Davis, see you later. Tyler Danish, see you later. Dahlbeck, he'll cost you pennies because he kind of blows. But, I mean, I'd rather see Tristan Cassis than Dahlbeck at this point. Cutter Crawford, just put him back in AAA. Cordero, see you later. Brazier, I don't know. I mean, who else are you going to put in the bullpen, right? Christian Royal, I think people like him. He's not bad, but he's kind of like your Brock Holt. Like poor man's Brock Holt, I guess. So it's like, you can still make this damn thing work. You can. You can make this work. Now, obviously, you still have to go out and bring in free agents, uh, bring in players that you um, lost in free agency, such as maybe bring back an Evaldi, maybe bring back a Kike Hernandez, a Michael Walker, uh, a Plawecki. It's just, I mean, there are options that this team has to make A, money work, B, make fans happy, and see, put a good product on the field. But when ownership sees that they're paying Jackie Bradley Jr. $17.5 million to go beat you with the Toronto Blue Jays and David Price to make 16, it's just like, you just want to go pound some sand. You just want to go pound some sand. You want to know how much money you're paying people in retained salaries? Do you want to know this number? Oh, I'm going to tell you this number, but I need to do math first. 207... Um, hold on. I need to do it differently. Oh boy, that's a bad number. Okay, so your active payroll 
as of right now, as of the Boston Red Sox roster of August 26th, is 99.3 million. That's the adjusted salary. The total is actually 108. So let's just go with. I'm going to go based off of the adjusted because that's what MLB looks at. But the Red Sox are going to look at the total salary and see how much they're actually paying. So let's just go off of that number, shall we? $108.128 million. Injured list money? $95 million. $95.4 million. Your deferred money? That's Ottavino, Ramirez, and Pedroia. That's $7 million that they're making. That's $7 million. (laughs) And the retained money that you're paying... Bradley, Price, Vasquez, Diekman, Robles, Shaw, Valdez, Arauz, uh, Sanchez, Bra- uh, Bracho, and Michael Feliz. Some making a lot of money, some making pennies. Is $42 million. You're paying players $42 million to not even play for you anymore. How does that make sense? How does that make sense? You're paying them $42 million to not even play for you anymore. I don't understand. That is why we're in a financial bind. That is why the Red Sox are in a financial bind. It's because they're paying players $42 million to not even play for you anymore. Again, Jackie Bradley Jr., $17.5 million. That's 8.42% of your payroll. David Price, $16 million. Granted, it was in a trade. But that's $16 million. That's 7.7% of your payroll. You traded Vasquez and you took most of that money. That's $2.18 million. This is why the Red Sox are having trouble, A, fielding a major league team, and B, re-signing or just extending fan favorites like Bogarts, Devers. Who knows about Ivaldi? Who knows about Martinez? But right now, we just care about Bogarts and Devers. But it's because they're giving people $42 million out of their $245 million payroll to not even play for them anymore. So it's just like so frustrating. It's just so frustrating because we love the Red Sox. That's why I'm talking about them. That's why you're listening to me talk about them. That's why we follow this team. It's just beyond inferior. And I know, listen, I know injuries has played a big bug on this team. They're eating $95 million in injured list money, 65 adjusted. But every team goes through injuries. Every single team goes through injuries. So we can't just say year after year after year, oh, the injury, oh, the injury got us. So effing what? If you had the depth on your team, you'd be fine. If you didn't trade for Jackie Bradley Jr., you could have had Hunter Renfro in right field hitting you damn near 40 bombs, or at least 30 that he has right now, driving in some runs, playing some pretty good defense with a cannon of an arm in right field, which is pretty deep. And you'd be in such a better spot. Plus, he's a right-handed hitter. It would just make more sense. He played well last year here. People liked him last year here. It's just, again, it's very frustrating. It is very, very frustrating because... We're still kicking the can with a Franchi Cordero and Austin Davis. Um, I think Bobby Dahlbeck should have been in AAA months ago to focus on his swing and try to figure things out. Uh, you, you signed James Paxton, who's supposed to be ready in June. Nowhere near ready. So it's like, what are we doing? What is the front office doing for the Boston Red Sox? Guys, tell me. 
tell me what they're doing because I have no idea. I This team needs to almost be stripped down and rebuilt because this team is beyond insufferable. It is so tough to watch, and it's low-key a disgrace to this team. A low-key disgrace to you, me, and every other Red Sox fan. I can't watch another Red Sox game. I really can't. It's that bad to watch. If I'm at a restaurant and the Sox game is on, yeah, I'll watch it for, you know, background noise. I'm not sitting on my couch. All right, let's sit down. Let's get cozy. Let's pay Nesson plus $30 a month for a godshed product and watch the game. I'm not doing that. And first of all, $30 a month for Nesson Plus is a conversation for a different day. Disney Plus is like $10. HBO Max is like $10 or whatever. Why am I paying you $30 a month for a team that has less wins than... Hold on. Let me bring it back up. Let me bring it back up. Who has less wins than the Baltimore Orioles? Who has less wins than the Mariners? Who have three more wins than the Texas Rangers who fired their coach because he sucks? Uh, let's just go to the National League real quick. Who has less wins than the um, Giants? Diamondbacks are four games behind you in the win column. Like, I mean, this team is such is so back and forth. It's just like last year, they were two games away from the World Series. Just two wins away from the World Series last year. And now they're miles away, it seems like. Miles away, it feels like. It's just like, I heard this on the radio, and I, I want to do this my own my own exercise as well. Um, but I want to kind of push it further back. On the radio, I heard the the guys talking about the Red Sox, how they've been such a pendulum swing in terms of where they finish in the American League East. And they went from 2011, I believe, or no, 2012. But I want to go further back. I want to go from 2007 when they won the World Series. Let's just use that as a baseline. 2007 most of us remember it maybe some of the newer fans don't but probably have heard about it so in the last 15 years well 15 years since then holy crap 15 years the red sox have finished first in the division including 2007 five times 2007 itself 2013 2016 17 and 18 five times 33 percent i i really don't know like what you know What's the percentage that the the Twins are winning the Central? What's the percentage that the the Braves are finishing in the in the East, in the National League? Whatever, I don't know. But 33% of the time, take it how you wish. For the Red Sox, myself, I'd like to see that number closer to 50%. Beggars can't be choosers, obviously. All right, in 2007, they finished in first. To, uh, I don't care like what the season finishes was. I just care about the American League East finish just to show you the, the pendulum swing. 2008 was second. 2009 was second, 2010 was third, 2011 was third. That was the year that they fell off the face of the earth in September. <laughs> um, 2012 was fifth, 2013 was first, 2014 and 15 were both fifth, 2016 was first, 2017 was first, 2018 was also first, 2019 was third, 2020 was fifth, 2021 was second, and so far this year they're currently fifth, but you know, we'll see, that could change, but it probably won't. I mean, they finished everywhere except fourth. They, they refused to finish fourth in the American League East, and they haven't finished fourth in the American League East since 1997. I don't know what that does for you, 
but that's just that's just there for you for you, for your knowledge. Um, first five times, uh, I'm just trying to see. Second, one, two, three times. Third, one, two, three times. And fifth, this is gonna be this is ugly. Um, hold on, I gotta I gotta find it. One, two, three, four, five. So you're finishing either first in your division or fifth in your division in the last 15 years. So that's a good sample size. Two thirds or 67% of the time. How does that make any sense for arguably one of the most historic franchises in baseball? You know, I'm not going to say the, arguably one of the most historic franchises in all of sports. Not the most, but one of, you know, good handful. And in the last 15 years, you have three World Series championships, you have five first place finishes, and you have five dead last finishes. Like, talk about being good one year, being bad the next. Being good one year, being bad the next. It just blows my effing mind. <laughs> like, holy smokes. Like, figure it out. I'm not asking for you to be the 1990s Atlanta Braves and win the division every effing year. I'm not. I'm just asking for a little bit more consistency. First, second, or third, obviously every team is going to hit the bottom of the barrel once in a blue moon. and That just happens. And you know what? 2012 was supposed to be that year. 2020 was supposed to be that year. It just happens every once in a while. And then, you know, here comes 20, uh, 2007, here comes 2013, 2018, you're winning the World Series. You're still finishing first, second, and third here and there. It's just, again, I don't want you, I'm not asking you to be the Braves in, in the 90s. It'd be nice if you're winning the division all those times. But they only walked away with one World Series. I'd rather you walk away with three World Series, finish first, second, and third, you know, kind of muddling around there over, you know, 15 years in a good division, arguably the best division in baseball this year at least. Then finish with three World Series, five first place finishes, and five dead last finishes. Like, that's what kills me is the five dead last finishes in their ugly finishes, too. Uh, 17 games back so far right now here in 2022. You finished 16 games back in 2020. In a 60-game season, you finished 16 games back. Holy crap. Uh, 2015, you were 15 games back, which isn't terrible, but it's not good. 25 games back in 2014 and 2012 again bottom of the barrel 26 games back so i don't know when the next time i'm going to talk about the red sox will be i really don't um hopefully it's not soon hopefully it's in the middle of november when they re-sign xander bogarts who by the way might opt into his contract because he's playing terrible this year Hopefully, it's when they re-sign Raphael Devers, who's going to be making $40 million. Maybe they sign Aaron Judge. I don't know. But I don't expect to talk about the Red Sox until November when baseball offseason news kicks up and the trade rumors start to swirl. But that's kind of where I stand on them, guys. So let me know down in the comments if you listen to this on YouTube or reach out to me via social media at Murph's Cardtown uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Let me know what your thoughts, opinions are about everything that I had to say in relation to the Boston Red Sox in the 2022 season, and I guess the past 15 seasons as well. But let's dive into fantasy football. I said I was going to talk about it, and here we are. I'm very excited to be discussing fantasy football yet again. 
we were ninth, I believe, last time. I actually don't remember where we were. I couldn't tell you the last time we did mock draft. It could have been for the podcast. No, I wanted to say I did one beforehand, too. But do we have 12? Just had a crazy wrap. Anyways, I want to have this one be a little more of a standard league. Uh, Quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, flex, defense kicker, six bench players. Uh, I'm just going to lower the bench to just five just to kind of make it quicker. Um, I don't want to be here forever. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Just trying to be respectful as we're already 35 or so minutes in. But I'm going to randomize it three times. Let's see. Second, 11th, second again. All right, let's rock. We got the second pick. Uh, we can go a bunch of different ways. We can go McCaffrey, Henry. Uh, I, I didn't expect Jonathan Taylor to be there. I You know... Derrick Henry has been kind of taken up on people's big boards. He really has. Uh, I, I want to point this one thing out while he's here. He played in eight games, Derrick Henry in 2021, and he still finished running back 12. And in eight games, he had 175 points. Uh, 175 divided by eight is 21.8 points a game. Uh, if I can get any replication of that, which, by the way, they're going to be a run-heavy team this year with no A.J. Brown. Sign me up. I'll happily, happily take Derrick Henry. But now here I got to wait on the wraparound. And it's going to come all the way back. Damn. Pitts, Kelsey, Mark Andrews. All gone. Tight end heavy. Wow. Tight end went heavy. All right. So we got Debo, C, Lamb, Connor, Zeke. Uh, I just want to look at the running backs. Brees Hall, Cam Akers. I don't know how I feel about James Connor this year. He's going to be an interesting one. I kind of like Debo Samuel. I kind of like CeeDee Lamb here as well. Uh, Debo, just because you get the wide back, uh, you get those running numbers. CeeDee Lamb, only guy that he can, um, that Dak's going to throw to, George Kittle. I'll take a Schultz in like later rounds. But quarterback, uh, tight end's been flying. Too early for a quarterback here. I do have the wrap. And the guy in front of me, he may, t- I think if I don't take Debo, he's going to take Debo. Um, who did he, he took McCaffrey before me, so he could look to go running back wide receiver as well. I'm going to go Debo and hope CD's there, but I doubt he will be. Cam Akers and Tyreek Hill. Okay, I'm going to take CD Lamb. I love that. I love 1, 2, and 3 right now. Absolutely love 1, 2, and 3 on my team. Holy crap, I didn't think that was going to happen. All right, so we're looking at... A Herbie, you got J.K. Dobbins is there in a run-heavy Baltimore, but he's still kind of, you know, recovering. I'm a big fan of A.J. Dillon. I just don't know if I want him as my running back, too, though. That's the thing. But I don't have other options. I do have the wrap, and I do think I should take two running backs. What is the... Do we have any, like, recent news? Not a lock to play week one. So that's something you do have to worry about and proceed with caution when you're looking at J.K. Dobbins. Uh, let me just check my roster real quick. I got two killer, killer wide receivers there. Got to go running back here. I like Dylan. I like uh, Damian Harris and Clyde. Uh, I think A.J. Dillon's going to get a ton of goal line work in the absence of Devontae Adams. I think, you know, they were trying to use him in the passing game last year too. Yeah, Aaron Jones is still there. But we'll just kind of see where that goes. Guy in front of me took Deontay Johnson and Damian Harris. I do like Antonio Gibson. I know he has a little bit of a fumble issue. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. News. 
expect to be a team primary kick returner. Ooh, interesting. That is definitely interesting. Kick returner. Um, I do like Clyde Edwards Hilaire here, but I, I do like I really do like Antonio Gibson just because I mean could they could the Chiefs run the ball a lot more? Yes. Oh, I don't know. Saw two carries during his limited action with the Chiefs stars during the team's preseason went two carries. That's great. Um hmm. I mean no one's really behind him. I just think Antonio Gibson's a little bit more of a workhorse with some passing action to it. I rather have Antonio Gibson be my number two running back than AJ Dillon. Alright, so oh, I gotta wait for this. Ow, my ankle just cracked real Bro, am I really just gonna go with like these mid-tier running backs? Tony Pollard too. Alright, let's move. I just want to move to running back, move to flex. There we go. That's what I like to see right there. That's not a bad squad. Bye weeks are going to suck, but I'm not worried about bye weeks. Check all. We still have Goddard, Hawkins socks. Rest in peace, Dawson Knox's brother. Zach Ertz is there. Um, honestly, I'm looking for a Frymouth wouldn't be bad. Uh, is he still here? Don't tell me he's taken already. Kasicki's not bad later on. Irv Smith. Uh, what's his name? I don't know. You guys are going to love this one. Is he still... Oh, I spelled his name wrong. Um, Albert O is someone that I'm looking forward to. What's his um? Is his APR on ADP? Uh, 147. So I'll definitely take him later on in drafts if I can't get a tight end right now. Last time I sniped a great young tight end in his second year, which George Kittle, like four years ago, absolutely loved the pick. Uh, turned out well, Kittle's top five tight end, so I don't mind waiting on Albert O to fill out more depth at running back and receiver. Obviously, quarterback someone I got to take soon, too. Or are we in the sixth round? I get the wrap. I could probably wait, uh, draft someone else in the sixth, draft someone else in the seventh, and go for a Lance or a Prescott, Wilson, if any of them are still there. Check the draft board. Let's see. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's a slew of quarterbacks right here that was just taken. Absolute slew. Started with Herbert, who fell to the fifth round. Interesting. Allen won the third, Mahomes in the fourth, Allen in the fifth, and then a slew in the sixth here. Um, obviously, there's still teams that need a quarterback. But I think I should focus on, I don't like any of these wide receivers. Gabe Davis is nice. I think he can step up massive for the Bills this year. Uh, let's see, Gabe average 19, PPR. I still I still really worry about running backs. I'm going to go Stevenson here just because he's staring at me. Because Harris gets injured, or Harris has fumble issues, it's Stevenson's job. And if Stevenson obviously you know has fumble issues, it's going to be Harris's job. So I just, I think this is a safer pick. I mean, this could be an unpopular pick, but I kind of like where it is. Uh, Dominate my real draft. Oh, thank you. I think Kareem Hunt is a, is a sneaky play here. You get good RB1 production out of a, a second running back. Anything happens to Nick Chubb, Hunt's the guy. I know he was a little bit injured last year. You got Tony Pollard, who I'm a big fan of. I don't mind drafting one more running back here and then getting the rest of my wide receivers later on. But... I mean, here's Chris Godwin. When he comes back, whenever that does, he's returned to practice. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, does it say anything? Um, 15 elastic is good to go. He's a top 15 running back, but tempering expectations early on limited. Pushing him to wide receiver three or lower territory based on possible time missed. But I'd still rather get him, stash him on like IR and wait. I mean, if I can get a top 15 receiver in the seventh round, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it, especially when Tom Brady's your quarterback. So obviously that's a play where I'm going to stash him on my bench, you know, real life, real life fantasy, I should say. Uh, I saw Stafford go. Okay, so some more quarterbacks did go. I don't want cheat sheets. Uh, more quarterbacks did go. Uh, let's see, Prescott, Lance, Wilson, Stafford. So a lot more quarterbacks did go. Am I the only one without a quarterback? Yeah, I'm the only one without a quarterback right now. Uh, there's Brady. There's Rodgers. Uh, ooh, I don't know. Brady, taking Tom Brady here in fantasy? Is that sneaky? Is that a sneaky play? He finished quarterback three last year. Rodgers finished seventh. I mean, they're both good picks, but I mean... I, well, for A, for bye weeks, and B, because it's Tom Brady, guys. Tom Brady in the eighth round? I, I don't know any draft that will be in the eighth round, but I'll take that for sure. Drake London, I'm high on Drake London, so I don't mind grabbing a Drake London-esque guy, whether it's London. Uh, is any of the other ones still available? Um, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks right there. Chris Olave is there. Uh, Drake London, he's going to be the guy in Atlanta. I think his ceiling's a little bit higher. So I don't mind drafting him here. I, do, I don't have the wrap because I just took Brady. Running backs, hmm, tough. Tough. I, I think I'm going to have to get a little bit more depth because Godwin's out. So I will go Drake London here. And we'll just, oh yeah, see, Traylon Burke, I do a lot of running back uh, wide receivers just went right after. So I'm kind of good I was able to grab London there. All right, Sky Moore, another guy, another wide receiver I'm huge on is Sky Moore. Who is Patrick Mahomes going to throw to? Yeah, you have Travis Kelsey. Fantastic. Juju Smith-Schuster, cool. Marcus Valdez-Scanlon, ironic, he's actually right below him. Pretty cool, too. If you're in a keeper league, I think Sky Moore is a great keeper pick. I really do. I think he's a great keeper pick. Am I drafting him right here? If I needed a wide receiver, yes. Oh, I still need a tight end. Crap. Goddard, hockey socks, still down here? That's, wow. Are people just not drafting tight ends? What are they, people are just not drafting tight ends. Wow. Um, if they're not drafting tight ends, then I'm just going to keep waiting. I'll get Ertz or Fryermuth or someone like Dawson Knox later. I mean, I want Albert O, but I'll wait. I'll keep waiting, guys. So I think Sky Moore is a pick here. If I didn't take London or Godwin, I would probably go Sky Moore. I do want to grab myself another running back, but it's really tough because there's not a lot of good running backs left. Kind of kicking myself for taking London and Godwin when I did. Uh, I'm just trying to open up to see as many uh, possible running backs as possible here. Yeah, I should do it. Um, Oh, man, it's, it's tough. Khalil Herbert, um, if anything happens to David Montgomery, he's the guy. Uh, what's the news? He's back at practice after getting carted off on Saturday. That's not ideal. That is not ideal at all. Gus Edwards, again, run heavy. Uh, Naheem Hines is going to be the third down passing back for Matt Ryan. Um, let's see. Rush nine yards, eight touches. 
Oh, we're in half PPR. Did I not mention that? Oh, I thought I put that. That kind of changes some things a little bit, but not really. Um, Man, this, this is tough. I mean, I got my four running backs, so I'm good. And I think I'd rather just kind of grab one, you know, throughout the season. You know, you know, say like Khalil Herb, I'd rather kind of fight with the waiver wires just because there's really no one down here worth a 10th round pick, I don't think. But if I can get my starting tight end here in the 10th round, I mean, I'll take that. Should I go Goddard or Hockey Socks? I mean, I know I want Albert O, but I can throw him on the bench if, you know, we're going to be waiting this long to take. Goddard finished seventh, uh, sixth, sorry. And he's probably going to have a big season this year, too. People are high on Jalen Hurts. Let's go Dallas Goddard here. I really think that's going to expert ranks Goddard at 73. You drafted him at 119. Let's go. Uh, let's see. Running backs. Is that Jamal? Okay, Jamal will. Running backs, anything changed here? Yeah, nothing really changed here. I could go quarterback, like a keeper quarterback. Uh, is Trevor Lawrence still on the board? Trevor Lawrence is still here on the board, but Brady has the same bye week. Trevor Lawrence is a good keeper pick, um, in my opinion. Uh, Rodgers wouldn't be a bad I mean, I might just draft Aaron Rodgers just to have two good quarterbacks. Screw it. That's what I'm going to do because... I'm going to have two old quarterbacks on my roster, and if one doesn't play well, I got another one. And they both finished, uh, what was Brady third and Rodgers, what was Rodgers, like sixth or seventh it was, I think. All right, let's look to fill uh, like this defense right here. Buffalo Bills defense still available? Oh, that's right, it's a shorter draft. Um, do I want to go with the best defense? I know a lot of people say, don't pick a defense, wait till the end. Uh, they're going to fly off the board soon. They're going to absolutely fly off the board soon. Uh, yeah, there's only two full rounds left. Kickers and defenses are going to fly. If you want the best of the best, you might have to just reach a little bit. Uh, kickers, I could. I mean, getting Justin Tucker would probably be a nice little commodity. Um, it's just I, you got to ask myself: Do I? Wh how do I value this last spot here on my roster? Like, what do I value that last spot with? I mean, could I go tight end here with a, a Gesicki? I mean, I, Mike Gesicki is sitting you know, from tight end 11. I mean, that's kind of kind of spooky. Uh, Hunter Henry, touchdown dependent, though, finished ninth. Uh, here's Albert O. I do want Albert O. Um, I think he will sit, though. So if I could go like a defensive kicker, Albert O, and then the other, I think I'd be pretty happy there. Oh man, oh, where do I? Where did the Bills finish fourth? Where did the Bucks defense finish seventh? I'm just looking at these top defenses, see where they finished last year. Colts finished third. I'll go Bills defense. I'll be the first one to grab a defense. Yeah, see, there's Cowboys. Back to me. Oh, I I really want to grab Justin Tucker just because he is the best kicker, and I think that'd be pretty funny. I can grab the best kicker and the best defense, at least preseason-wise. It's kind of hard to complain, especially this deep into the draft. I mean, every draft is, yeah, look at all these kickers, all these defenses, all flying, all flying. Um, that should leave myself. Should I go Gesicki? Or should I go Albert O, guys? Um, oh, man, this is tough. This is, I think this is low-key kind of tough. Gesicki? 
I mean, there's more mouths to feed in Miami now. Tua, questionable year. I think Albert O wouldn't be a bad one. Still has to compete for the starting tight end job. Uh, Gesicki is nice. Let's see, 11, 73 receptions, 780 yards. It's reported being discussed as a possible trade candidate. Interesting. Dolphins have brought up his name to other teams, showing that the Dolphins may be willing to move on from the tight end. That's a little concerning. I'll go Albert O. I just think the boomer bust is higher with Albert O. B plus, 89. All right, so I will admit, I do think I struggled a little bit um, in the mid, early mid area, not like the first round, but like the three through five, six area, just kind of going from Derrick Henry, Debo Samuel, and CeeDee Lynn, which I think were three killer picks. But that left me with going with Gibson as my running back two, Dylan as arguably my running back two or a flex. And then I had to get, you know, obviously either a tight end at that spot, a quarterback. Then I went with Ramondre Stevenson. So it was just a little, it was potentially risky and it was potentially sketchy as well. I think the bench has a lot of boomer bust value if Stevenson becomes a starter, when Godwin gets healthy, when um, or if Drake London performs as well as people are projecting him to. Same with Albert O. And then Aaron Rodgers on my bench as a quarterback. Ton of great keeper options. If this is a keeper league, Drake London, Albert O, Stevenson maybe, and then Aaron Rodgers. Actually, Stevenson I drafted him too early. Uh, Goddard I believe I got in the 10th round. And Aaron Rodgers, uh, another player that I drafted in the 11th, 12th round to be a potential keeper if you're in a keeper league. But here is my, my mock draft. I don't know if I'll do one next week. Maybe. Maybe just for some last-minute drafting because the season doesn't start until the 8th of September. So there's still plenty of time to do drafts. And I know people, a lot of people, rather start their drafts later for any preseason injuries, trades, anything like that. You know, players getting cut. Totally understandable. I'm the same way. I'd rather do it later in, this, uh, later in August as well, as close to the season as possible. But this is my mock draft right here, guys. Brady's my quarterback, Henry running back, Gibson running back, Samuel and Lamb, love that one-two combo at wide receiver. Dallas Goddard at tight end, killer, killer pick right there. A.J. Dillon, huge boomer bust value. Buffalo Bills defense and Justin Tucker for my kicker. I think that really helped save my draft, getting the best pre-ranked defense and pre-ranked kicker late in the draft. Again, we saw that kickers and defenses flew after I took Buffalo. It went Buffalo, me picking Buffalo, Ronald Jones, Cowboys, and from here I took the uh, Justin Tucker, and then it was defense and kicker all the way through to when I took Albert O. So just be weary of trends. We saw that there was a slew of quarterbacks in this draft after Herbert went in the fifth couple wide receivers and then it was like four quarter uh, quarterbacks that went in the sixth round so just be aware of trends when you're drafting running backs do go early in the first two rounds i mean here in this mock draft uh taylor henry mccaffrey eckler dalvin cook first five picks so stuff like that will happen
And then you're going to get a slew of wide receivers from time to time because it's, you know, deeper wide receiver later in drafts than it usually is for running backs. So just be wary of that. And hopefully this, these mock drafts are helping and giving you some ideas and strategy and stuff for you guys to go into for your drafts if you haven't drafted already. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much again for downloading, listening, and enjoying Murph's Boston Sports Talk because I really appreciate the love and support. Thank you so much for clicking on this video. If you're listening to it on uh, on YouTube, please make sure you smash the thumbs up button, comment down below, and please, of course, consider hitting that giant red subscribe button. I would greatly appreciate the love and support. But today is the one-year anniversary of Murph's Cartown Sports Shop. I can't wait to celebrate. It last, last night, trade night, was crazy. I know I haven't talked about it, and I guess I'll talk about it really briefly. Trade night last night was nuts. I had my break table full of people. I had two white tables in the shop full of people. And I had to put a white table outside the shop so people could wheel and deal with each other outside. That's how nuts it was last night. It was definitely, definitely a fun time. And again, I'm super appreciative of the community that do come on down to the shop. They buy, sell, and trade with each other, with me, and just support the shop in general, whether it's with social media postings, with buying wax or cards from the shop, whatever it may be. I'm super appreciative of the community that I've built here. And if you're a part of it, thank you. And if you're listening and you're not a part of it, well, come on down to the shop and, and hop on this wagon because Murph's Cartown Sports Shop is a wagon, but it's for the community. It's a community cornerstone. And that's one of the great things that I love about having the shop. And having nights like trade night, just having 50 people, 50 people, not including parents, guys, actually, even including some people that didn't. So I made 50 mystery boxes and I just put some packs, some cards, supplies, um, whatever in it. And I made 50 of them and I ran out of them. And I know that's, you know, parents that showed up. Uh, some older collectors didn't get these boxes. You know, they either passed on them or just I didn't get to giving them. And I ran out of those 50 mystery boxes. So, yeah, I would say 60 people last night. I would say 60 people. And if you've been to my shop, you know how big my shop is. It's not, you know, it's not Walmart size. It's not, you know, Costco size. But it's also not, you know... A closet either you know it's a decent size imagine 60 people in the shop nuts and I'm super happy everyone was able to have a fun time it seemed like there was tons of people there there was more than five people which you know I'm very happy that there was more than I can't wait for the next one already I'm already looking forward to the next trade night in September whenever that whenever that is and I cannot wait I cannot wait to see what year two has in store for Murph's Cartown Sports Shop. But again, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. Thank you so much for clicking this video on YouTube. Please make sure you smash the like button, comment, and subscribe. And I can't wait for next uh, next week's episode. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Patriots uh, season preview, probably. Maybe another mock draft. Uh, we'll see where... I'm not talking about the Red Sox. I could care less. Whatever. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Enjoy the waning days of summer, it seems like. And I will catch you for next week's episode. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you. You know I will always, always see you.
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.